Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Welcome to episode 321 of Star Wars Action News. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie. And we have a big show for you this week. We've got new figures to talk about in the Vintage Collection. Brock's going to be joining us later with a Star Wars book review. But first, we will, as always, start off with our store report. I snapped out some holiday bargains, but not Christmas. There was still Halloween stuff at Target where everything is 70% off. So I picked you up some lollipops, which ended up being under a dollar for a giant bag of Star Wars lollipops. They just have imprinted clone troopers on them. They don't even have them imprinted on the lollipop. They're just Oh, it's a wrapper? Oh. And I ate one of the lollipops and they taste terrible. Really? Yeah, they are really not good candy. Really? Why does the Star Wars candy always suck? I really think they go to the lowest bidder. Yeah. Except for M&M's. Yeah. Those have been the only good Star Wars candy. But yes, we have these lollipops here. Honestly, I'm probably just going to take a couple of the wrappers and save them and throw them out, lest the sugary lollipops attract some sort of varmint. Vermin. Yeah. I also picked up a trick-or-treat bag for, again, under a dollar, and I don't know if it's worth it or not, but... You could use it for a reusable grocery shopping bag for less than a dollar. I do not use reusable grocery bags. But for under a dollar, it was kind of cool, although I wish it was more... Halloween themed instead is just some standard Clone Wars art that says trick or treat on mm-hmm. it. I don't know. Would it be too much to ask for Yoda in a pumpkin mask? <laughs> but Halloween? What are you talking about Halloween? Don't you know that it's Christmas time? Do they even know it's Christmas? After all. Exactly. Thank God it's them instead of you. Exactly. Well, all of the Christmas gift sets are out and there's a variety. I was freaked out because I went to Toys R Us the other day and all right, folks. It's like the first seven days of November. So when I walked into Toys R Us, first I drove to Toys R Us, of course, and couldn't find a parking spot. What? I had to park way out at the very end. Every aisle was packed. I got in there. There was more than one register open. That's not like Toys R Us to have more than one register open. But they had five registers open and the lines went halfway back to the store. I know they sent out the big book. I know there's some savings. But dear God, is the recession over? Do people have too much money that they need to spend at Toys R Us? I've not seen Toys R Us this crowded outside of the Thanksgiving to Christmas period ever. It was a madhouse. And I walked in. I expected to see the usual toy displays. It was Christmas everywhere. 
Hmm. Right away I noticed they had, speaking of crappy Star Wars candies. <laughs> the gasoline candies! They're th- back! Those mugs again, the Stormtrooper, Darth Vader, and Boba Fett mugs with the silver candies that I ate on this show three years ago now, I think it was. And the scars are finally healed. Look, if you're going to buy these as a gift set, take that crappy candy out. Put some M&Ms in it, some Hershey's Kisses, anything else. But those candies are awful. It's like gasoline and turpentine mixed together with red food coloring. Werther's would be a step up. Yes. Oh, God, I hate Werther's. But it's still a step up. But I just couldn't believe all this stuff was out already. I went over and got really excited because the past couple of years, we've had the crappy hot cocoa, but that comes with the really cool mugs. Mm-hmm. And they had another set out, and I was really excited, only to find it's the exact same set as last year, which is a great set if you don't have it yet. Toys R Us, last year they had it at Kmart as well. It's got some of the art from the Unleashed figures, that really cool art of Vader, Luke, Han, and Boba Fett. We drink out of these coffee cups all the time. Mm-hmm. Those were out also at Toys R Us. Over at Walmart, they have a ton of stuff in their seasonal aisle. Now, it's not with the Christmas stuff. It's over in the grocery side by where they have all the Christmas candies and everything. A, a very strange mix of things. They have, it's labeled as goblets. And it's Chewy Invader. And it has a package of the Star Wars branded hot cocoa in it, which actually wasn't really good. It wasn't very sweet. I like my hot cocoa to be kind of sweet. And the Chewbacca is really weird. He's got, like, weird lips. Like, why do they always give Chewbacca weird lips? I don't understand that. But they well, ha- he has kind of odd lips, truth be told. Yeah. He may have weird lips, but he's got a really cute smile. Like, Chewbacca's really happy that you're about to drink hot cocoa from his vivisected skull. Yeah, these are really, really weird because... It's like you hold their body and you drink out the top of them. It's this very bizarre goblet. I don't know why they package it with hot cocoa or why they even made these, to be honest. I like them. I think that they're kind of cool. And I see why they call them goblets, because they're giant chalice-like cups. And the choices, yeah, Chewbacca, who's a cute little guy missing his head. I kind of wish that they had a head top so that on display you could not have them look like Ray Liotta at the end of Hannibal. And then the Vader. It looks like Vader. There's not much you can do with Vader. He kind of looks like a bobblehead, though. With the he giant does, head. yeah. They also had candy canes at Walmart that are Star Wars wrapped. So they just have the plastic wrapping, and that's it. Not that exciting, but I guess if for a little kid, they'd probably be super duper, uber, uber, uber excited over having Star Wars candy canes. The fruity flavor. Be. And I think the fruity flavor ones are so inferior to the mint flavor ones. I prefer the fruity. I'm not a mint fan. I kind of like the fruity, but our, as we mentioned earlier, experience with Star Wars candies has been less than stellar in the past, so I'm not exactly confident that it would taste very good. No, I'm not too confident about it either and kind of worries me, but I don't know. Somebody try them and let us know. They also had little mini talking candy dispensers. They had a clone trooper and Darth Vader, and they talk. Here's the clone trooper. And that's it. Three phrases. Which is more than the $10 plushies say. Yes. Our Vader, unfortunately, doesn't work. So, it's like, I can't play. I'm, I imagine it's... <sighs> Well, since Vader doesn't work, let me see him, and we will discover if the candy is awful. Oh, you, you mean you will discover, not me. 
If anybody's taking one for the team on the candy, it's you. You turn the head to get the candy out. Why don't you do under the wrapper? Oh, they look like fake M&Ms. They look like those sixlets things. No, they look like nerds. Oh, does it look like nerds? They're red and blue. And orange. Oh, there's orange? Weird. It's kind of cool. It meters out one piece at a time. It's portion control. The blue ones are actually pretty good. The candy dispenser piece doesn't work so well. Try the blue. I like the blue. They're weird. They're kind of like sweet tarts. They do not taste like gasoline. I kind of like them. The dispenser piece does not work very well. It is spitting candy everywhere. You have to hit the front chest. No, you turn my head. You're cool. doing it wrong. Press his chest. Yes. He should talk when he dispenses candy. For $3, these are definite cool little pickups for your desk at work or a stocking stuffer for your kids. I don't know what other candy you'd put in there. Maybe like Nerds or something. M&M's would be too big. Yeah. They got to be small and preferably round. They also had a Darth Vader dispenser with gumballs. He flashes red lights as he breathes. And all he does is breathe. Well, that's impressive. <laughs> Most impressive. <laughs> He's kind of cute. He's got a super deformed style. He reminds me a lot, sadly, of my Jumbo Chubby, doesn't he? We got yeah, he kind of Jumbo Chubby sitting does. there and this Vader here. Very similar in style with yeah. the big head and the yeah. round body. Yeah. It says on the back, open back of Darth Vader's helmet by sliding the door up. Fill the helmet with 13 millimeter gumballs. Slide down to close. So now we know what was happening in that meditation chamber in Empire Strikes Back. He was refilling his head with 13 millimeter gumballs. While none of these are specifically holiday themed, I think it's cool that we're getting a nice variety of Star Wars collectibles for this type of thing. You know, I think that they're a little cheap, which is both good on the wallet, but also, yeah, you know, they're certainly not high quality items. They're cute, but they're little plasticky things. Now, the lady at Walmart told me that there were more things there in the st- for Star Wars. However, they were out of them, and I couldn't find them anywhere, nor could she. Now, over at Target, they also have some kids' apparel of some Star Wars gloves. They had a set of Lego Star Wars gloves, had little Lego people on them, Lego Star Wars people, and then little Lego bricks. And there's two sets of gloves in there, so you can mix and match and wear different colored gloves or whatever you want. Kind of cool. I might pick them up just for me because I, I have small hands. I could wear them. I like the droids one with mm-hmm. R2 and 3PO. and. They didn't have full-on Christmas out at Target yet. They're still cleaning up Halloween. They did have some Christmas ornaments out. They had the R2-D2 blown glass one that not a whole lot of detail to him. He was $8. Then they had Darth Vader, kind of like an action figure with zero points of articulation. And his cape kind of melts into his arms and his saber is black as well. They had a Commander Rex head. And then I know it's supposed to be Yoda, but it looks more like yogurt from Spaceballs to me. It does. I thought that. Because yogurt was kind of metallic-y gold. And so by giving Yoda a metal and kind of a gold theme, may the Schwartz be with you this Christmas. And then, of course, they have a lighted holiday Yoda ornament, which isn't 3D. Well, it is, but it's not character. It's just more of a standard ornament. But for me, the best Hallmark ornaments, because these are Hallmark, but not Hallmark branded, are the Hallmark keepsake ornaments, which I've heard reports that those are at Kohl's now. And so if you get some coupons for Kohl's, you may be able to save money Hmm. on the non-exclusive ornaments there. 
Interesting. Toys R Us released their Black Friday ad super early, and it is no longer on Black Friday. It's starting at 9 o'clock on Thanksgiving Day. So 9 p.m., you can go to Toys R Us and get your Black Friday deals. Just so you guys know, we're witnessing history. Black Friday is dead. It's turning into Black Thursday, and you're not going to have to hang around with your family all day on Thanksgiving Day anymore. They did have some cool deals that they did release. The ARC-170 and the Y-Wing, 50% off. That's huge. That is nice. Now, we don't know which Y-Wing, do we? Whether it's the current exclusive vintage red Y-Wing or the yellow Y-Wing that's been sitting on Toys R Us shelves for years at $80. We don't know which Y-Wing because it does not show a picture of it in the ad. So that might work to your advantage. No, I am almost positive it's going to be the yellow Clone Wars Y-Wing. Because that is a deluxe vehicle, quote-unquote, that shipped with the ARC fighter. Ah, uh, makes sense. So they're probably the same skew. Those have been sitting at almost every Toys R Us I go to at $80, $40. A lot of other places mark them down. I'm surprised Toys R Us has waited this long, but they really aren't one to part with a toy for less than MSRP. Mm-mm. They also have some other items that are 50% off. Battle Packs. Which are 50%. That's kind of cool. Good time to stock up on troop builders if you can get half off battle packs. And the General Grievous lightsaber is also half off. Not a big fan of that one. It's the spinning Eh. one, you know. Great for kids if you're looking for a holiday gift. Yeah. At regular $24.99, which is almost half off. Yeah. They have the Star Wars Flying Radio Control Millennium Falcon. Good luck with that. I was unable to get it to fly very well. I just am not good at flying vehicles. Now, don't forget, on our next show, which will be coming out on Thanksgiving Day, we're going to run down all the Black Friday sales for you, but we want to let you know about these Toys R Us sales early so you can start planning your Thanksgiving night. (laughs) Isn't that funny to say? It is. People are so offended by the Christmas creep because there's Christmas stuff out in June and July. Why don't you be offended that Black Friday is now on Thursday? Cyber Monday going to turn into Cyber Saturday? Well, while at Toys R Us, I did see remnants of new waves of figures. Wave 8 had hit our Toys R Us, and it just so happened I came home that same day to find on my doorstep a set of Wave 8 from Brian's Toys, because I'm in the Brian's Toys One of Every Figure Club. That is so handy. It is. The lines at Toys R Us really drove home how happy I am, because if holiday madness shopping has started now, I'm so glad I don't have to go to the stores for several weeks hunting for figures. I just, the madness of lines and things gets really old, especially when you go so long without finding new stuff. So let's go through the figures we got from Brian's Toys. The first is Boba Fett, which is a carryover included in Wave 8, even though he's figure 9 in the Vintage series. So he's been out a couple times before. This is the repainted version with the more defined cheek paint. And the Boba Fett prototype armor mail away on the front. Nothing new there, but the rest are somewhat new. We've got a Rebel Commando. And now, it- this is v- figure 26, but the shipping variant, the African Endorian Rebel Commando. Yes, because, see, there's no America. It's Endor. Yes. They actually gave him a really baby face. They gave him such a... He looks like a very young, just maybe fresh out of the academy young man. But he's got a mustache. It's just because of the plastic. I think that what I find amusing is they made sure that outside of the head and neck, 
There is no skin visible so that they can use the exact same body. They're just using the head. The soft goods cloak on this looks a little too bulky for my taste, but I do like the bandolier full of thermal detonators strapped to his chest. The problem is with the coats and the robes, they just never look right. They can't get them without looking bulky. It's just a hazard. But there's a lot of detail, as always is with the vintage figures. Comes with two guns. I love that they gave the chin strap to the helmet. (laughs) That's an important part of it. Next up, we have Endor Han. I hate the pockets on this coat. This stitching looks like somebody did it on one of those cheap $20 sewing machines you buy at Target. That's not really a sewing machine. This figure has a real been-there-done-that feeling to me, because... Remember when they did the vintage cards in the blister packs before they were the main line, just the more expensive, harder-to-find figures? In 2006, Han Solo in the trench coat was one of the figures they did. So it was like, well, okay. Now, I wanted to see if this was a straight repack of that. I went to JediTempleArchives.com, where their research droid reviews give me all kinds of information. And this is a straight repack, but not from the 2006 it's a straight repack of a figure that we just bought a few weeks ago with the Blu-ray <gasps> box set. Oh, so it's a simultaneous pack, not a repack. Yeah, and that itself is just a repaint of 2009's battle pack with the trench coat. So it really just didn't excite me that much to have this figure again on a vintage card back when we already had him on a vintage card back. One of the big things for me with the vintage card backs is getting the ones we hadn't gotten before, but we are already in retread territory. So I don't like his coat still. I don't like the pockets. And I just want to say that the vintage coat is absolutely ridiculous. The old one that used to come with it, it looks like he's got amoebas all over him. You're talking about the one from the picture on the back, the actual vintage one. But that rocked for the time. I mean... It did. How often did you even get soft goods? Not very often. I know the Return of the Jedi line used them. I don't know that I can think of too many soft goods uses because we used vinyl before that. Of course, there was the cloth cape Jawa and things. But I always loved when soft goods came as a kid. Now we have number 63, which is the B-Wing pilot or Kian Farlander. It's your standard B-Wing outfit, although... Something about the body shape is kind of wonky on this one. I don't know why. Or maybe it's just the way he's standing in the car, but it looks like his, I don't know, the torso is kind of different. But nice to have it, though. I like that they named him Kian Farlander, which is, of course, from the Farlander papers that were packaged with the original X-Wing game, where it talked about Farlander's flights. I don't know that I ever knew he was strictly a B-Wing pilot. I mean, he flew whatever thanks to the game. Now I have to wonder, do... They change clothes if they change starfighters. Is this like red outfit specifics for something like the chest plate has to interface with the B-Wing in some fashion? Possibly. The problem I have with this figure is the giant umbilical cord that goes just to the left of his navel and trails off. Obviously, somebody has cut the cord, but it's still Yeah, it's just kind of hanging the there, isn't it? It's kind of gross. Yeah, it looks like entrails. Maybe that's what interfaces with the B-Wing. That could be. Next up, we have number 64, and kudos for not making it number 69. Princess Leia in the slave outfit, and now they've put the limited edition Boba Fett sticker right over Carrie Fisher, so you can't see her in the slave Leia outfit on the card. Here's my problem with this figure. They gave her the neck chain. However, they didn't elongate the neck, so it looks like she has this ungodly turtleneck on, and it looks awkward. And I think that, like, her shoulders are kind of mannish. They're not very... 
And the whole figure looks bulky and weird, and I can't put my finger on what... I know the neck thing's bothering me, but I can't figure my, put my finger on what else is bothering me. What bothers me is, again, the been there, done that feel yeah. of this, because just a couple of years ago, we had this exact same figure on a different card. Mm-hmm. Again, thanks to Jedi Temple Archives, it confirms what I strongly suspected, straight repack of the other Leia, only without the other legs. Instead, we get the Jabba's chalice. I did like the Jabba's chalice, though. That is a nice little thing to be able to add if you picked up that Jabba the Hutt set from last year. I also really like the vintage card on this one, though. I mean, they could have gone in different ways with this outfit. They pick her when she's being tough. And yeah, the sticker is poorly placed on mine. I'm going to have to try to find one. That's probably where they all are, because I think it's like automatic placement, because every single one has been there. I wonder if I can remove the sticker without damaging the card. But yeah, that's kind of a bit of a bummer, is that we're in such a repack wave. Number 65, TIE Fighter Pilot. I like him. I was always terrified of these guys when I was a little girl. Their helmets, their black outfits, scared the crap out of me. I know I'm partial to the bad guys. I, I can't help it. I've always liked the TIE Fighter Pilot outfits. You know, this was one of the first figures that they released way back in 95. This one, Giant Temple Archives tells me it's a repaint, so it's not a straight repack, a little bit darker paint. I'm happy that it's not a straight repaint, and I like the mouth on this one. I like that they gave good definition to the chin piece. These vintage figures, they always give grade A paint jobs to anyway. Very rarely do I see paint that kind of strays around the way I see on some of the other figures. So it's a solidly done figure. He seems really short to me. All these hmm. figures are seeming just a little short to me for some reason. But he is a repaint of the one that came with the TIE Interceptor in 09. And that is Wave 8. Thanks again to Brian's Toys for getting those to me in great condition, all unpunched cards. And a couple of Revenge of the Jedi cards in the mix. The Slave Leia was Revenge of the Jedi. So do you have to go get it then on Return of the Jedi card? This is a quandary, I'm sure, for you. Oh, no, there is no quandary. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Now, also at Brian's Toys, they have a sale right now on the jumbo, gentle giant vintage style figures. You can get Han, Chewie, Vader, Luke, the Tusken Raider, or Leia for 20% off. That's worth it. I'm guessing these aren't moving very fast for anyone because these are always on sale everywhere. They're starting to be. And you know what? I've always said... That these are a great idea. I just always felt they were overpriced. That's why the only ones I jumped on were the exclusive Boba Fett and the exclusive Vinyl Cave Jawa. And yeah, it looks like a lot of the regular releases, they came so quick. It was like, bam, bam, bam. I think they lost a little bit of their specialness. I think that they hit the wallets a little too hard too fast. And now that they're coming down in price, this is a great time to pick these up. Head to Brian's Toys, get 20% off. And as always, when checking out at Brian's Toys, be sure to mention that you were referred to them by Star Wars Action News. We have some other online goodies for you as well. Over at Think Geek, they got quite a few things that we need to talk about. The first being a limited edition designer Star Wars movie poster by artist Russell Walks. And it's very old Hollywood looking, I think. I know, I kind of like it. It's Vader. It's stylish. What do you think of it, Arnie? You know, it kind of reminds me of those Mondo posters yeah. in the style. And I know that people really go crazy for those Mondo posters. But for me, I don't know. It's just a little too Art Deco. Yeah, it kind of is. And it's kind of neat, though. I think it's because it's different. It's definitely different. But I don't know. It's just not 
striking me in a way that I'd like. I like it, but I don't like it enough to buy it. I It's not like I look at it and I go, ew. Mm-hmm. It's just I look at it and I go, yeah. So <laughs> Apathy? Yeah, I'm pretty apathetic towards it. I respect what they're doing without having any desire to purchase. Got it. But I will be placing an order at Think Geek pretty soon, because what is Christmas without an inappropriate hat? I think that is correct. I think you need this Yo-Ho-Ho the hat. Get it? It's a Santa hat with Yoda ears. When you said Yo-Ho-Ho-da, I thought you were talking about the host of the fourth hour of the Today Show. Or I was going to say Yo-Ho-Ho and a bottle of rum, which might be better than this hat. Basically, if you like the baseball cap with Yoda ears from Celebration 5, marketers think you'll love the Yoda hat. That is Santa hat with Yoda ears on it. And just in case anyone is wondering who you are, it does say Santa Yoda on it. For $12, it's a novelty I can't pass up. And speaking of Yoda, we were all super excited when they came out with that Yoda tree topper at Target a few years ago. Remember, it's like a Yoda and you kind of... Um, Shove him down on the tree. Exactly. I was trying to think of a polite way to say ram the tree up his skirt. And we're at Think Geek. They have a different Star Wars Yoda tree topper that's actually, it looks like a traditional star. And it will go much better on the tree. I plan on picking this up for our Star Wars tree. But it, it definitely looks more like a Christmas star rather than the angel that you put on the top. It lights up, which is a very nice thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Yoda that we were talking about previously had the light of saber. This whole thing lights up. The only thing I'm just not liking about this is the picture of Yoda they've chosen to use. It's Clone Wars Yoda. And it's just not very holiday-y. No. When there's the Ralph McQuarrie Yoda art from the Lucasfilm Christmas cards of years before, all of these various things. I mean, it's the art that they were using to model sideshows Santa Yoda on. I think that would be something a little bit more than just generic clip art of Yoda. And I'm looking at the zoomed photo. It looks like to the left of Yoda is copyright and trademark information. Oh, that's always nice. Because nothing says Christmas quite like copyright 2009, Lucasfilm Limited Incorporated, trademark and copyright. 2009? It's 2011. Apparently this item has flown underneath the radar until it showed up at ThinkGeek. Hmm. At least flown under our radar, and we've talked many times over the years on the show about wanting a good tree topper, and no listener has written in, and we get quite a bit. They have a lot of tree toppers at Think Geek this year, from Star Trek to Doctor Who. Doctor Who actually gets the coolest one with the Dalek that sits on the tree like the Yoda. This one, I like it for the lights. I just wish, A, somebody would take my idea and make a Death Star, and B, that it had better art. Well, it looks like it's just a flat image put on there. Honestly, it might not be too hard just to slap a better picture of Yoda on it, too. But I'm sure that what they've done is have somewhat of a translucent effect so the image lights up and glows. It didn't look like it at all. There's a lighted picture of it. I see it, and I think that that's some light glowing through, and that's why it's darker in one area than another. If you notice, the lights on the far right are showing through on that. So you could slap another sticker on, but it would be completely opaque. And when you turn off the lights, you're not going to see the sticker, whereas this will appear backlit on the star. Get printed on vellum. But then you have to get some turpentine, completely remove this. At this point, you're better off just going to Michael's and get a make-your-own-Christmas-star kit. Do they have those? I don't know. Okay. I, I was making that up. The last... I was pulling that out of my Yoda tree. Ah. <laughs> uh... The last item that they had is another Christmas item. It's an R2-D2 snow globe, and I was super-duper excited about it until I saw the customer action picture, and it's tiny. It's itty-bitty, itty-bitty. 
It's but like, it's cute. It's it is cute. Too. It's like the Hasbro figure they made a while ago. He's got the Santa hat. He's got the presents. It's $10. We got to get this. Yeah, we're going to get it. Who I'm, cares if it's tiny? But I, was, I wanted it to be bigger. But it's okay. We're buying it. Go to ThinkDeek.com and buy all this fun stuff. They also have Yoda holiday lights. We saw these last year. We picked them up. They're, we got R2-D2 last year for the yeah. lights. They've got Yoda ones that glow and again... Kind of spooky. I think, A, good for Halloween because they're glowing kind of orange, or B, once again, it's yogurt, not yeah. Yoda. Over at Entertainment Earth, if you're looking for something to buy for yourself or a little stocking stuffer, they have stocked up on new Kotobukiya items this week, including a lot of the new ice-slash-candy silicone trays. And... It was great to be able to see some online pictures of these. I think my favorite might be the X-Wing silicon tray. It's a little blocky, but what are you going to do with an ice-slash-candy mold? So you're saying you want me to make candy? No, I'm just saying that, all right, when we talked to Kotobuki at San Diego Comic-Con, I kept calling them ice cube trays, and they were strict to point out, well, they're not just ice, they're silicone, so you can put them in the oven, you can bake them, you can cook them, you can put scalding candy in them, melted sugar. I like the Darth Vader one, even though Vader is a little bit played out. The Millennium Falcon one has incredible detail. It Just does. Phenomenal detail. It does. It does. It does. It's... I couldn't believe it. You know what I would have liked with that one, though, is you get two Millennium Falcons on the tray. Wouldn't it have been cool if one was the top and one was the bottom? And if you made candies, you could then put them together mm-hmm. and have an entire three-dimensional Millennium Falcon. What I think is hilarious, and when you look at these on the EE site, it says, coming in May 2012, and right below it, need it for Christmas? <laughs> Why, yes. How can you make that happen? Is there a special charge? Tell me about this. No, there's no special charge. It's just, well, you gotta wait. It's not like you and I are the only ones who, for Christmas, give each other pre-orders Correct. from time to time. It's a perfectly acceptable option, especially for larger items like the Darth Maul artifact statue, also up for pre-order at Entertainment Earth. Is this something you need? Oh, he looks bad. Bad isn't good. Yes. Bad isn't evil. Bad isn't menacing. Like, he's going to just whip your butt. Yeah, this is in their smaller scale artifacts plus and only $49.99, all up for pre-order right now. And again, if you're ordering from Entertainment Earth, please be sure to use the link from our homepage, SWActionNews.com. Well, that's enough of us talking. Why don't we talk to you guys and see what you found when we listen to our voicemails? Hi, Ernie and Marjorie. It's Robert Darth Akari calling in with a little update. Uh, not a whole lot new in my area. I was able to find the latest vintage figures. I uh, you know, got Pistola Sean, the Echo Base Trooper, and Walrus Man. I actually, because of money reasons, I took a pass on uh, Ken Farlander there, but I'm hopefully I'll be able to find him again soon. Um, it was kind of an unusual thing. I mean, I'm I'm sure these are old because I'm looking at the the manufacturing date. It's 2008 on it. That's actually the first time I've noticed these. Um, it was my birthday over the weekend, and the guys at work got a uh, birthday cake for me. <laughs> it kind of surprised me with it. But at the Walmart bakery, and I'm sure it's at everyone. I don't know if it's you know every single store, but everyone that has a bakery in it, they have cake toppers which are kind of nicely, it's classic trilogy. You've got a uh, Luke and Vader with light-up lightsabers to go on top of your cake. Um, and they come with, like, a, either a Rebel or Imperial insignia uh, bases. They have, you know, kind of a gaudy button on the back that actually makes the uh, lightsaber light up. 
But uh, actually, fairly bright light-up lightsabers on them. But it's just kind of a cute little extra thing. And they, they do sport about one point of articulation, at least on the link, he, his head can turn. Um, they're a little bit larger than the uh, those miniature Force Unleashed figures that they made you know, after they ended the large-scale Unleashed ones. Um, another thing I just want to kind of give everyone the heads up on because I check the replenishability of the figures at my store from time to time. And right now, all Star Wars figures at Walmart are listed as non-replenishable, which means they will not allow the stores at the store level to order them. Usually they have they do that when either there's going to be a line change, because you know, like whatever the packaging changes, they start deleting the old UPCs, or it could be because they're planning on hitting us with a glut of shippers. Uh, either way, doesn't really make me too happy, but we'll see what happens. Um, otherwise, it's about it. My uh, target near me has been getting those uh, vintage land speeder, the uh, Tauntaun, and the Battle Pack in with fairly decent regularity. They've had about two or three shipments of them so far. Um, I was kind of waiting to see if I ended up getting one. Otherwise, I'll be picking up my own in a few days. So, but, yeah, they are very nice. But uh, I, I'll keep you guys posted if anything else really interesting happens. But uh, just let you know about that. And uh, have a good one. Bye. Thanks for calling in. That is really odd slash worrisome that the figures are non-replenishable at Walmart. Mm-hmm. That is kind of weird. Makes me think it's not going to be a big Christmas item then, or else they're going to have something else that's just ginormous. Well, of course, we know that Phantom Menace is coming not too long away. The movie Heroes line is replacing the Saga Legends line, and they say that those will be hitting in January, but if experience is any indication, they mean January everywhere. We're really going to start seeing them in December. Yeah. But I can't imagine that they'd do that with the continuing lines of the Clone Wars and the Vintage Collection. Those cake toppers sound pretty cool as well. We may have to check those out. Usually, Ooh, cake! Cake! Usually the bakeries are pretty nice if you don't want to buy food you don't need about being able to sell those pieces separately. Yeah. We've been able to do that in the past and get them still in their mint wrappers versus unwrapped and covered in goo. And actually, I found there was a party supply store in town that has since closed, but they had a lot of those for sale in their cake decorating area, and you could just buy them and do that and not have to go to try to talk to sweet stuff, you know, and be like, oh, can I have it, please, my little boy? But there is another cake decorating shop that sells stuff like this, so let's think about that, too. Hello, Star Wars Action News. This is Matt Zentel on the forum. I have found a really neat thing at Target, besides the... The new vintage land speeder. I picked that up, but I just happened while I was in line, noticed their little Lego packs. They must have had a whole bunch of the TIE fighters, so that was cool. But then behind them, they would had those new Republic gunships in Lego form, the Republic cruisers. And um, there was only two of them, and yeah, if anyone sees anybody else, their targets have them, look for them. Because my target had a whole bunch. So good luck finding them. They're really neat and easy to put together. All right. Have a good day. You know, I'm not a huge Lego collector. The price of some of the sets 
kind of scares me off. But I always buy these little sets that come out around the holiday season. But I haven't seen these yet at ours. No, I haven't seen it. Usually those little packs come around the little small gifty holidays, like Easter. But they always have a stocking stuffer yeah. situation. And ours wasn't fully stocked when I was there. The other day they had big empty rows. So I'm thinking after this weekend is the time to hit it. So be sure to check out your targets. Now, a couple weeks ago, the latest novel from Paul S. Kemp, Riptide, a follow-up to Cross Current, was released. Joining us now is Brock with his review of Riptide. This is Brock, Star Wars Action News Book Club liaison, with a spoiler-free-as-possible review of Star Wars Riptide by Paul S. Kemp. Review copies courtesy of Delray Books. Riptide picks up the action right after Mr. Kemp's first Star Wars novel, Cross Current, where Jaden Kaur, Kendrin Fall, and his co-pilot Mar discovered a long-hidden group of Jedi-Sith hybrid clones who escaped in a starship from their cloning facility. Jaden is tasked with bringing them in or taking them out, whatever the situation bears. Most of these Jedi-Sith hybrid clones are genetically flawed and are in constant need of medicine, except for the Prime clone, who goes by the name Soldier, who is actually a clone of Jaden Kor himself. Seer, a clone of Mara Jade, is convinced that the all-powerful being Mother can cure them all of their maladies, and they head off into the unknown regions in search for her. Meanwhile, the One Sith have their own plans for Jaden Kor and these clones, and Darth Warlock dispatches two Umbarons with force-suppressing powers to do his bidding and keep his plans intact. The plot of Star Wars Riptide, simply speaking, is one long chase, and by not overly complicating the plot, we are able to have a book full of strong characters and authentic moments. Never once did I feel bored as we traveled across the unknown regions with any of these characters. The book starts off with a device I am not used to seeing in novels, but more in television on shows like Battlestar Galactica and The West Wing, and even at the beginning of movies such as Iron Man, of starting us off with an action beat or tense situation, and then stating, two days earlier, and then giving us the beginning of the story, essentially telling us much of the story as a flashback. That sort of gimmick can be quite effective in a 40-minute television show. Yet, most people don't read a book of this length in one sitting, so I was questioning how effective that gimmick was going to be. When used in a visual medium like television, it is crystal clear to the viewer when you return to that scene you have already watched at the beginning of the show. Will a reader remember that scene when it comes up again much later in the book? Well, I am happy to report... There is a phenomenal payoff with it when we return to, quote, present day, end quote, late in the book. I, of course, am not going to give away what that is here, but it is unexpected and extremely satisfying. And you understand completely why the book was started off that way. The climax had me seeing similarities to the Fate of the Jedi Big Bad Abeloth and even the Vujan Vong, yet neither of them were used. Instead, Kemp goes back into the Old Republic times and given the role that time period plays in cross-current, it makes perfect sense to bring it back here. Like he did in Star Wars The Old Republic Deceived, 
Kemp ably gives you a proper sense of time. He has us read about the same minutes in time from two different characters' perspectives, and he manages to do so without it getting confusing. Further to that, at times when we are reading from, say, the clone's point of view, they come off as sympathetic characters to the readers, yet other times when we are reading the point of view of Nis or Jaden Kaur, they come across as the enemies and a real threat. Using these various storytelling techniques, Mr. Kemp crafts a satisfying novel. The characters are plentiful in this book, but not so many that it is hard to remember who everyone is. The holdovers of Kendrin, Jaden, and Mar from the last book are all built upon just enough as we read each of them dealing with their life-changing decisions. The new characters are great. Nis and Syl, the Umbarans, think Sly Moore, the bald aide to Palpatine in the prequel trilogy, share a strong force suppression power that, strangely, we have never seen before in the Star Wars universe. If you're familiar with the TV show Heroes, think the Haitian, his power. We have seen something similar to this with the Isalamiri naturally projecting a force impervious bubble and the Bujan Vong, who were outside of the force and therefore the Jedi couldn't use their powers on them. Yet here, Nis and Sil are not only able to suppress the force around them, rendering the Jedi and their lightsabers powerless, but they can control when and how much they use this power. And I found these third-party characters, especially Nis, more involving and their powers more menacing to the main players than the Azanti assassin from Crosscurrent. And the scenes from Nis's point of view are some of my favorite in the novel. Kemp's action scenes once again pop off the page. At times, it felt as visual as a movie. Visceral imagery combined with well-described movements and a strong sense of place to set the scenes up in. You can't ask for more than that in an action scene in a book. And not only in battle scenes, but in the suspense and character scenes, too. There's a scene in the bowels of the ship where Nis is hunting down some of the rogue clones that reads like a scene out of the original Alien, with not only a well-described sense of place, but with tense suspense and swift action. The end battle felt like a video game setup, and I was satisfied with how the whole thing played out. The book hinges on the idea of cloning Jedi. There has been a lot written of late about cloning, and cloning of Jedi is making a comeback as a plot point. I talked about cloning Jedi a bit in my review of The Force Unleashed 2, and if you haven't heard that review, you can find it in the archive section at SWActionNews.com. And thankfully, Mr. Kemp acknowledges there have been numerous ways in attempt to clone Jedi in the past, and some of the problems therein. Here in Riptide, the Jedi clones are not only dealing with unstable mental issues, as previously established in EU, but physical deformities that affect them if they aren't given medicine in a timely fashion. Reading about how a little clone girl's face is getting disfigured as she is waiting for her meds is a disturbing image, yet quite effective for this novel in character development, plot point, and emotionality. In learning more about the cloning technology at work here, Riptide also explores memory transference, and that is a harder science fiction concept that we don't really see very much. I remember it was used in the early days of Star Wars EU in Dark Empire, Children of the Jedi, and the Truce of Bakura, but not so much as of late. I'm looking forward to seeing where it will go, if anywhere, in upcoming novels. The big theme of this book is exploring identity, as many characters are doing just that with wonderfully dramatic results. Whether it is the clones searching for meaning, Mars starting his Jedi training, Jaden Kor coming back from his fall from the dark side, Kendrin figuring out his new role now that his co-pilot is a Jedi Padawan, and much more. For example, where most of the surviving Jedi-Sith hybrid clones 
are burdened with mental and physical issues that require medical attention, Soldier, the prime clone who's physically and mentally the strongest of all of them, ironically, was the one struggling most, with a sense of self. Faith and aspects of religion are also explored here in Riptide, and I give full props to the author for even including this sort of religious element into the book. Sears' devotion to Mother has a conclusion I didn't see coming. With all the time we spend with the clones, I would have liked to have found out how the DNA of these Jedi and these Sith found their way into that lab. This cloning facility was destroyed, but is the DNA also stored someplace else? And the book itself points out a potential timeline continuity issue with Jaden's DNA being at the facility. Perhaps if there's another sequel, that answer will be revealed. <laughs> yes, I think Mr. Kemp wants to make sure he continues to be gainfully employed. Well played, sir. One thing I didn't quite buy is the author creates new information on the Jedi's lightsaber and its connection to the Force. In the scenes where Nis uses his Force suppression technique on the Jedi clones, his power also has an effect on their lightsabers, rendering the crystal useless. Jaden Kor is also able to change the color of his lightsaber's blade by focusing light side force energy into the crystal, so the blade goes from red to yellow. I am not familiar with lightsabers themselves being affiliated in one side of the force or another in these ways before, and while I found it intriguing, it didn't quite work for me. Paul Kemp's return to the Star Wars universe shares a lot of similarities to his first Star Wars novel, Crosscurrent, as well it should, given it is its sequel. Yet I feel Riptide is a stronger book than its predecessor. The character work is strong and economical, this book felt just the right length, and I didn't feel there was any filler going on here. Each scene in each chapter seemed to have a real purpose for telling this story. I recommend you read Star Wars Riptide. You'll be happy you did. And before this year is through, we have three more Star Wars novels coming. The Old Republic Revan by Drew Carpetian, Shadow Games by Michael Reeves and Maya Catherine Bonniff, and the Darth Plagueis novel by James Lucino. So stay tuned to Star Wars Action News for those reviews and upcoming episodes. For Star Wars Action News and the Star Wars Action News Book Club, this is Brock. Now back to Arnie and Marjorie. Thank you, Brock. I'm probably the only one, but when I hear Riptide, all I can think about is that old NBC show that was on right before Remington Steel about the three guys on the boat solving crimes with their robot. I don't remember that. In fact, Riptide the TV series starred Perry King, who auditioned for the role of Han Solo and actually got it on the radio dramas. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. You're weird. What can I say? I know my king. And that is our show for this week. Don't forget our Sithmas gift exchange is going on. Go to our website at swactionnews.com. Look for the link in the front page there or underneath links to fill out the form. And it's a great time. I've gotten some really cool stuff this way. And a lot of people just have a great time. You meet a new friend. You have fun. It's like a secret Santa thing. And not that expensive. There's just a $10 price point for the gifts. You can read all the details at our website, swactionnews.com. Some people have asked, why is the deadline December 1st this time? Sometimes we've done late signups. The reason being, we didn't really get too many late signups in the past, and we want to make sure everybody gets their gift by the holidays. Also, we'd run a contest the past couple of weeks. 
for a set of soap from Luxury Lane, and we thank them for the prize. The winner of that is Dark Monkey on the forum. So Dark Monkey, PM me your shipping information, and we will get that out. And we have a new contest thanks to Backstage Toys. Backstage Toys, where you can find a great selection of vintage figures, including the San Diego Comic-Con Death Star set, which would be a great Christmas gift for so many Star Wars fans who were unable to get them. Well, Backstage Toys has given us a Lego Star Wars advent calendar to give away. Oh, those are so cool. I kind of want one, and I don't even do that. Well, in order to win this, come to our forums, go to the Star Wars Action News Chatter. We're going to start a thread called, What Do You Get a Wookiee for Christmas? All you have to do is reply with what you would get a Wookiee for Christmas. And it cannot be a comb, because he no. already owns a comb. He does already own a comb. Um, I would say he probably owns a brush as well. So let us know what you would get a Wookiee for Christmas, and you have entered to win, and you've listened to our December 5th show to find out if you're the winner. Now, again, we won't be back next week on our usual Monday night, Tuesday morning release. We're going to be coming to you on Thanksgiving Day, Thursday, with our holiday gift guide and Black Friday shopping guide. Doesn't that seem like it's kind of creeped up on us, though? It does. I mean, first of all, it doesn't help that Thanksgiving is really early this year. Yeah. The 24th is as early as it can be, because it has to be on the last Thursday. So it's as early as Thanksgiving can be, which, of course, retailers are really happy. It means a longer Christmas shopping season. But beyond that, yeah, the fact that a lot of the sales are starting Thanksgiving night. Hell, I'm getting emails now from some retailers, none collectible related, saying, start your Black Friday shopping today mm-hmm. and have some online specials. I don't trust them. I'm waiting till Black Friday. I think better deals are coming. Yeah, I think they are too. So we will be back next week on Turkey Day. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at swactionnews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com, HansHideout.Blogspot.com, and JediTempleArchives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. 
The Star Wars Action News Team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is copyright 2011, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a production of Venganza Media Incorporated. I'm trying. Are you going to be able to open it? Trying. No, maybe. Here, you want some scissors? Yes. Did you just break them? No, I, I had to do that. Oh. Because the candy is in a bag in his head. This is really just a pain in the butt. No candy for me. Uh oh, it's coming out the back. Did you break them already? not recommend it's broken already first he didn't talk did you spill candy all over nor turpentine i was kind of hoping i think thank you oh crap they're everywhere Why don't you just take him off, take off his head and eat him out of the head?